When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to preview the San Francisco 49ers Week 3 matchup against Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football in the bright lights of Mile High Stadium. And when you think of teams that have ties to each other, you wouldn't really think of the 49ers and the Denver Broncos, but... I mean, not to bring up my Midwest roots, but by golly, there's a lot of ties to each of these franchises. One, you can go back to a Super Bowl victory for the Niners back in the day, but just currently, Mike Shanahan coached on the Niners, coached on the Broncos, obviously now Mike Shanahan's kid, Kyle Shanahan, he coached on the Broncos, now the head coach of the 49ers. Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach for the Broncos, well, what are his ties to San Francisco? Kyle Shanahan said that if Matt and Mike LaFleur were going to team up in Green Bay, he was going to bring in Nathaniel Hackett to help be the offensive coordinator in San Francisco. Then, of course, there's DJ Jones, one of the better run defenders of the past five years in San Francisco, K1 Williams, uh, the Shark, one of a, a handful of fan favorites the past two seasons as San Francisco has made their climb to prosperity in the NFC the past few years under Kyle Shanahan. Then there's Tim Patrick, who had a very, very, very short stint in San Francisco on their preseason roster and the practice squad prior to uh, injuring himself in Denver this past year. He was supposed to be a big piece of their puzzle. He's hurt, done for the season. And then there's Tom Compton, who played right tackle for San Francisco down the stretch of the season last year with McGlinchey on the shelf. Then Mike Purcell, and of course, Jonas Griffith, who San Francisco traded last year, uh, or two years ago, excuse me, as like a fifth-round linebacker to the Broncos for a handful of picks. So there's many, many ties, and I'm sure there's so many more. Obviously, you can go back in the day with... Elvis Doomerville, and he was in Denver, he was in San Francisco, Brandon Lloyd, Vernon Davis, there's so many ties to be made. John Lynch, I couldn't forget about John Lynch, right? Denver Bronco, now Niner uh, general manager. There are so many ties between these two franchises, it just, it's very surprising that teams that are granted both in the NFC and AFC West, that they have so many connections that, not just players, because that would make sense, but... Uh, GMs and coaches and things that run deep inside organizations. Heck, Mike McDaniel, who is now Miami, Niner offensive coordinator, Niner run game guru. He was, what, the receiver coach or the ball boy in Denver? I mean, there's so many organizational ties between each team that go back decades and decades and really run deep within the fabric of both franchises. It's kind of crazy. But... 
let's look at Sunday's game because it's a big one, right? Both teams are one and one. Both teams would like to win their first primetime game, although Denver played Seattle week one in Seattle. Uh, and Russell Wilson's homecoming that was spoiled by Seattle. San Francisco then beat Seattle Week 2. Again, there's more ties happening. But on Sunday night at Mile High Stadium, all eyes for the Niners are going to be on two things. One, how do you stop Russell Wilson? We'll get into that. But the other thing is the offense without Trey Lance. Now, we all know the story of do you blame Kyle Shanahan? Do you not blame Kyle Shanahan? It doesn't really matter now because Jimmy Garoppolo is now the quarterback and it's going to feel a lot like 2021 and 2019. It's going to feel how the Niners offense has looked and felt the past what four or five years that Jimmy Garoppolo has been here. But the one thing that's not going to change is San Francisco's need, their desire to run the football. San Francisco thus far this year is averaging 4.5 yards per carry for a total of 365 yards on the ground. That ranks fourth in the NFL in rushing yards. Fourth, top four in the NFL. On the flip side, Denver's rushing defense ranks fifth in yards allowed, only 78 yards allowed per game this year. So, if you're looking for a a battle of essential equals, it's going to be Denver and San Francisco. Now, we know that the Niners roster should be far and away better than Denver's. They have been better for longer, and Denver's big acquisition was DJ Jones, Williams, and of course, Russell Wilson. But when it comes to San Francisco, at least from what we've known the past few years, they want to run the ball, control the clock, and be efficient on third downs. Now, with Jimmy Garoppolo back in the fray, I would expect a lot more of that to be uh, happening on Sunday against Denver. Long, drawn-out drives, uh, running on first and second down, a quick pass for a third down conversion, keep the ball away from Russell Wilson. And I wouldn't be surprised if really what comes out on top on Sunday is those the, the Jimmy Garoppolo special, as I'll say, where it's eight, ten-minute drives of just Run after run after run after run. Debo gets a run. Wilson gets a run. Ayuk gets a jet sweep. It doesn't matter who's involved. It's going to be a a running celebration on Sunday against Denver. Now, to kudos to Denver is they're really good against the run. And if San Francisco can't stop or can't execute their running game as to how they wish to, it's going to look like the Jimmy Garoppolo show. Because Denver knows, like most teams you are going to have to force Jimmy to throw. You, It's going to be a hard time beating San Francisco on the ground. They're just too good, especially if weather conditions are what they should be, that being dry. <laughs> now, if it's raining, different story. But if it's a dry field like it's supposed to be, you would like to expect the Niners are going to be able to run the football at their will, control the clock, and have these methodical, long-out drives. The, really, it's the Jimmy Garoppolo factor. That wasn't happening under Trey Lance. As soon as Jimmy steps in the game against Seattle, those drives then click. It's long drives, uh, you know, a bunch of 5-yard passes, 7-yard passes. Keep the clock moving, and really just play keep away from your biggest enemy of the past, what, I don't know, 10 years of Russell Wilson. 
I think that's what's going to happen on Sunday. But one of the biggest factors in that, whether it's blocking or receiving, is finally it seems like George Kittle is going to be back on the field on Sunday for San Francisco. Tried to play week one, wasn't going to happen. Rain game, just too much risk. Almost played week two, but better be safe than sorry. Keep him out again. Finally, week three against Russell Wilson and this good Broncos defense, it looks like George Kittle is going to make his season debut for 2022. And it's funny because one of the biggest stats everyone's pointing out is 2018 for Kittle. The last time San Francisco played the AFC West was when Nick Mullins and George Kittle had one of the best quarterback and tight end years for a duo of all time, right? Kittle set the receiving yards record in that year, and people have been wondering, well, why can't you do that with a better quarterback in Garoppolo? And we don't know, (laughs) but the last time Kittle played against the Broncos, seven catches, 210 yards, a franchise record for San Francisco tight ends, and all of that happened in the first half. The first half. Now, look, I get it. Offense is very different. San Francisco's is better. Defense is very different. The Broncos' defense is better. But I'm just saying that I would expect a very, very, very similar and now a finally almost nearly fully healthy San Francisco offense to get things clicking. It's going to feel like 2021 did, 2019 did. They're going on the road to face a good opponent that has been inconsistent early, that Denver's, they have to get a win, right? That fan base, the media is all over Nathaniel Hackett, all over Russell Wilson, and people are questioning, Hackett, do you, can you hack it? Can you hack it out in the NFL? Can you hack it out as a offensive coordinator and NFL head coach? Because he even said that there are things I have to learn still. And if you're Denver, who just signed Russ to this huge contract, you're saying, uh uh-uh, no time to learn, get it moving. And it seems like they're letting Russ cook more than often. And unfortunately, uh, that hasn't worked out too well. Now, granted, things factor in, red zone stuff, we'll get into that later. But it just seems like Denver is still trying to figure out itself, right? It's like when you're first dating somebody, you want to get to know them first, see if there's chemistry. And right now, it seems like the first few dates have been kind of a, I I want to be with you, I... I like it here, but something seems off. We haven't been able to kind of put this puzzle together to work out. And you want to give it some more tries, but it's one of those relationships where it's like, okay, look, I'm 35, I'm 40. I I don't have time to play this game for much longer, right? Like, what I want in life, you got to figure it out now or you ain't ever going to get it. And that's kind of where Russell and Hackett are at now. And people are already questioning him two games into the season. But thankfully for Denver... It's not all about their offense. The defense has been really, really good. And this Sunday against the Niners, they have three players who have been great. And I mean great through their first two games. Uh, Randy Gregory, former Dallas Cowboy, Bradley Chubb, and DeErnest Jones have totaled five sacks and five forced fumbles in just two games. Just two games this year. Uh... If you're pointing at three players that could cause chaos 
for Jimmy Garoppolo and this Niners running game and passing game, uh, it, it is those three guys, Gregory, Chubb, and Jones, because look, no offense to the Bears, who have a fairly good defensive line, right? Robert Quinn's there. Uh, they have young players on that defensive line. Seattle's defensive line uh, was okay. Didn't generate much pressure. Granted, we know the Trey Lance injury happened, but that wasn't because of pressure. It was because of a running game, or a running play, excuse me. And so, this Sunday, in my opinion, will be the Niners' biggest test, their quote-unquote real test of the season, and it's going to be pivotal because you don't have a running quarterback anymore. You don't have someone that can escape the pocket. You have someone who's going to need you to create him a clean pocket to throw. And not to say Jimmy isn't good under pressure, but what he likes to do, quick release stuff, he's not going to need you to hold up very long, but you have to be able to make sure he's on his feet. And the last thing you want to see is back-to-back weeks, two quarterbacks, two guys who you can say are starting caliber quarterbacks, granted one trying to get there and one who already is there, and Garoppolo, the last thing you want to see is both those guys on the ground back-to-back weeks in pain. And if you're Trent Williams and you're McGlinchey and you're Banks and Burford and Brendel, who actually played really well last week in Seattle and in, in dry conditions, carry that confidence over. Burford hasn't allowed a single pressure all year. Banks was phenomenal last week. These young guards have looked really good. But against guys like Gregory and Jones and Chubb, can they hold up? And you like to think that with the offense seemingly finding confidence, finding its groove against Seattle in that uh, late in the first half, carrying it over into the second half, can they continue to find that? Can they continue to have that? And for Garoppolo, can he find it again. He seemed to have it off the bench quickly against Seattle, but you never know. He's rusty, right? He didn't play at all in preseason, didn't play at all really in training camp, albeit throwing to a an assistant on the side. It's not much, so you hope that things are back up to speed immediately. And hopefully with Garoppolo, that it seems to be the case, but you never know, right? You just never know. And so on Sunday, it's their first real test. Can you protect Garoppolo and can Garoppolo play his part Get that ball out quick. Get it to Debo, Ayuk, and now a healthy, what it seems like, George Kittle. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. That's really all for the offensive side of the ball for San Francisco. There, There's not much new and different, right? It's feed Debo, feed Kittle, feed Ayuk. And thankfully, when it comes to blocking for Gregory and Chubb and Jones, you have someone like Kittle that can also pass block pretty well, to say the least. So... It seems like against a better defense, they are going to have one of their better pass blockers on the field. Good stuff for San Francisco. Reasons to be confident against the Denver Broncos. Now going to the defense. And this is going to be, in my opinion, the most important part. Because it's not just a really good San Francisco defense. It's a really good Broncos offense that has not found their rhythm yet. Because 
while they have their issues, the offensive line has not been great. And the Niners defensive line has been really good. (laughs) Denver has the X factor. They have Russell Wilson. But I want to give you some Niner defensive stats to kind of really prove my point that this game should lean heavily towards San Francisco's favor, but then show you the Russell Wilson X factor, right? But also how they can stop him. Because through two weeks, San Francisco's run defense ranks number one in the NFL at 2.6 yards per carry. Their defense is also first in yards allowed at 420 and they have given up the fewest passing yards for 285 and the second fewest rushing yards at 135. Uh, yeah, the Niners have right now the best defense in football. The best defense in football. They had one turnover against the Bears. They had three last week against the Seattle Seahawks. So they're averaging two turnovers a game, allowing the fewest yards and the second fewest rushing yards. Again, lean heavy. San Francisco. San Francisco, on top of that, has given up the third best, the third fewest points at 26 and has allowed just 16.8 points per game over the last 14 contests dating back to last season. This defense has been on a roll for nearly one whole year. That's insane. And it's gotten better this year alone right? Take out a few broken plays in Chicago. There have not been really any big plays against this team thus far this season. Lean heavy San Francisco. But of course, there is the X factor, Russell frickin' Wilson. And if you're going into the mind of Fred Warner, he said, we just can't get away. And that's what it feels like, right? When we saw Russell Wilson get traded to Denver, I'm sure you and myself said, oh, thank God he's not, not not in Seattle anymore. But then the schedule came out and you said, oh, crap. We have to play Mahomes and Herbert and Carr. Oh, wait, and then Russell Wilson. And thankfully, uh, it seems like their offense has struggled mightily early. They barely beat the Texans. They lost to the Seattle Seahawks. Like Their offense has not been what it should be. But there's always that big question mark of Russell Wilson, how are you going to find a way? Because every time it seems like you counted out Seattle the past decade with Wilson at the helm, it seemed like he was always going to find a way. Whether whether it was a scramble or an insane pass that some guy jumps up in the air, bobbles into someone else's hands, and they run for a touchdown. It just seemed like there was always a way for Russell Wilson to beat the Niners. Even last year, right? In Seattle, San Francisco had a better team by far. But somehow, some way, Seattle pulls it out. In 20 games against the Niners, Russell Wilson has a 100.2 passer rating, over 4,100 yards, 36 total touchdowns, and 10 career interceptions. Now, You see that and you go, wow, that's a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. But when you average it out, it's 208 passing yards per game, 1.2, basically two touchdowns per game, 0.5 interceptions, and a 2.7 sack rate. So really good numbers, a really good record, but it's not like Russell has been consistently good 
against San Francisco. He's had some games where he's had four touchdowns, three touchdowns, right? Where he's been really good. But the majority of the time, he's around 210 passing yards, maybe two touchdowns, maybe two touchdowns, an interception, and getting sacked almost three times a game. I know that doesn't sound right, considering how good he's been over his career, right? He should have multiple MVPs. He's won one championship, should have had two of them. Granted, you got Marshawn Lynch and you don't run it. I, I don't know. But Wilson has been one of the more successful quarterbacks against the Niners without putting up huge numbers. And one of the biggest things to, to kind of glean from this is that 2.7 sack rate. Because this year, where Wilson looks a little slower, he can't scramble as well, the arm accuracy isn't there as much as it has been in the past. The arm strength, he's getting older, right? He, he's starting to, Father Time is catching up slowly but surely to Russell Wilson. Under pressure this year, he is 6 for 20. That is 30% comp percentage for just 30 yards, an average of 1.5 yards per attempt. And here's the kicker. San Francisco has a pressure rate on dropbacks of 40 7%. San Francisco was pressuring the quarterback almost 50% of the time. So you're telling me a quarterback in Russell Wilson who is bad under pressure is going against a team that is going to put him under pressure half of his snaps. Again, lean heavy San Francisco. There's always the X factor, right? I get it. I drafted Wilson as my fantasy quarterback. I think he will get it together. And there's a good chance on Sunday, this is the game, right? Because opponents love familiarity. It's something clicks in their head of, oh, I have beaten this team 20 times, or whatever it may be. I have played well against this team a billion times. It's like Tom Brady against the Dolphins, right? Now, that's a different story now, but in his entire tenure, it was, oh my goodness, Tom Brady is God against the Dolphins, right? Russell Wilson felt like God against the Niners. It was like every year, it's like, what is he going to do now? How are they going to get lucky? Like, they, the Seahawks essentially stopped the Harbaugh era in San Francisco, right? The Shermans, the Chancellors, the KJ Wrights, the Wagners, the Earl Thomases, the Brandon, uh, Brandon Browners. Like, that defense, along with Wilson's play, pretty much stopped San Francisco's Harbaugh era. Stopped their run in the early 2010s. And now he's in Denver. You just never know what Wilson's going to do. And if he says, I know how to beat this team. I know what they do. I can beat them. Now, if you're San Francisco, you're saying, well, we beat you in 2019 on your house in Seattle on the road. We had you on the ropes twice in 2022. Or 2021, excuse me. It's not like they can't beat them, but it's just been right there for the taking and San Francisco can't seem to, you know, put the kill shot in, right? But thankfully, it seems like this year, that kill shot might be easier to come by because Russell Wilson has been giving up plays, has been giving other teams so many chances to stay in the game. And thankfully, while you want no one to get hurt, they may not have Jerry Judy. And if you're telling me all they have is Cortland Sutton as their number one guy, really, uh, my money's on San Francisco secondary because Charvarius Ward, Mooney Ward, in 107 defensive snaps this year, 
zero completions, three targets, one interception, and a zero quarterback rating. That right there is lock down. Lock down. That is lock freaking down. Emmanuel Mosley, 107 snaps, one completion on one target for eight yards. He was locking down DK Metcalf like it was nothing. Again, lock down for this Niner secondary. But it doesn't stop there. does not stop there. Samuel Womack, the guy they replaced K1 Williams with. 36 coverage snaps, 7 targets, only 29 yards allowed, 0 first downs, and 0 touchdowns. That, my friend, is lock freaking down for this secondary. Doesn't stop, though. You keep going, keep rolling. Tayshawn Gibson, in the absence of Jimmy Ward, 106 snaps, 0 completions allowed on 2 targets, 1 interception, a 0 quarterback rating, and the 5th highest grade for a safety per PFF. My friends, lock freaking down. But the biggest one, Talanoa Hufanga. I mean, what? One pick, three pass blocks, 17 tackles, 14 solo tackles, and the second highest by 0.1% behind Minga Fitzpatrick is the second highest graded safety in the NFL per PFF. My friends, three cornerbacks, your starting safeties have been completely lock freaking down in San Francisco. Again, lean heavy San Francisco. Everything, offense, defense, it leans heavy towards the Niners becoming 2-1 on Sunday in primetime in the bright lights of Mile High Stadium. But the the one thing that might be an issue for San Francisco, and or at least one of the more glaring concerns I have that has cost Denver many of their games, one of the biggest reasons they've been losing so much or on the ropes so much early in this year has been the red zone. Because, look... You have to, when you get in the red zone, you have to score. That is a given for every NFL team in the books. You have to score. If you're scoring field goals and the other team is scoring touchdowns, quick math, you're going to lose, right? It's like no freaking duh. And for Denver this year, and it was more of a problem against Seattle, for Denver this year, they have gained 783 yards on offense. That is the seventh most through the first two games. They can move the ball no problem. The issue is they are 0-6 in the red zone with two turnovers, I believe. Like, they are not executing. They are the worst ranked red zone team in the NFL. They can get there, but they've left, what is that? They've left, if I can count and do math right, what is that, 42 points on the board? Just got nothing out of it because they are not efficient in the red zone. They have not executed where it matters. And if you're San Francisco, and you're sitting there saying, look, we can't take this team lightly. They may have lost to Seattle. They may have barely beat the Texans, but it's not like those games have not been there for the taking. But on the flip side, San Francisco themselves have struggled in the red zone. 
2022, they are 3 for 8, a 37.5%. That's 27th in the NFL. That was with, what? what is that, a, a game and a quarter of Trey Lance, a game, maybe a game and a half with Trey Lance, right? They have not been the best red zone team in football this year like they were last year. And this is where I think it separates them from who they were early in this year against the Bears in the first quarter against Seattle, despite that being a very hard game to grade, right? The Monsoon Bowl in Chicago, uh, Lance getting hurt early in that game, and things looked like they were going to go well for San Francisco. But for with Jimmy Garoppolo back in the fray, playing quarterback, this team led the NFL with a 67.3% red zone rating. I would like to think they can do that again with a much-improved Brandon Ayuk, with Kittle back healthy, with Debo being Debo, with what seems like a steady offensive line through two games thus far. I mean, it's not like this team has stepped back. With Garoppolo on the field, they should be more effective, more efficient, and should be better on the field. That is no knock on Trey Lance whatsoever. The hope was he was going to get there. The difference is, Jimmy Garoppolo is already there. He's efficient. He's effective. He has his issues, but he's efficient. That's the one thing I think separates... Like, I don't want to compare them, but if you told me Trey Lance was going to come into Denver this year, play Russell Wilson, I would probably lean towards Wilson. Now, defensive stats still in mind. I get that stuff, but it just seems like Russ would have a bigger X-factor against a Trey Lance-led Niners team. A team that has not shown the ability or had not shown the ability to play keep away. That's fine. That's a given for a young quarterback. But you give me Jimmy, a guy who has been efficient, effective, can play keep away. What, he had that 10-minute drive against the Rams uh, last year, Week 10 on Monday Night Football? Just a crazy drive and you were like, oh my god, the defense for the Rams has been on the field for 10 minutes. They're gassed and they're tired, and that stuff matters when you're playing in higher higher elevation. That's a factor. It always is. Guys can't breathe as well. The lungs are affected a lot by that. And if you can keep Russell Wilson off the field, and despite their ability to move the ball, if they don't have as many chances to do so, wouldn't you favor San Francisco? I mean, I would. So, while I do think there's always, and there always will be a chance, Russell Wilson pulls this out. That's just is what it is, right? You cannot rule out Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson. That just is who he is. And that's such an easy cop-out to say, but that's what it's been like. It feels like every year it's, oh my goodness, the Seahawks suck, but they have Russell Wilson. Well, this year it's, the Broncos haven't been great, and they have Russell Wilson that could finally see an opponent he has dominated for the past decade and go, oh, things are about to click. Now, that could be wrong. He could play even worse because this defense could make him play worse. This defense, Nick Bosa, Ebukam, Kinlaw, Kevin Givens, Eric Armstead, Warner, Ashire, Greenlaw, all those guys could make Russell Wilson's life a living hell on Sunday night. They can have him literally under pressure for half of his snaps. Half. 
and he has been awful. I mean awful. He looks like a quarterback that... It it looks like there was a reason why Pete Carroll would not let him cook. It looks like Hackett said, Hey, you are my veteran quarterback. I will give you what you want. You will cook in Denver. The issue is, there's been like seven kitchen fires. There's food all over the place. It just seems like there has not been the recipe for success yet in Denver. And my worry is, is that they can figure it out against the Niners. Because, again, it's Russ. But if you add in the defense, the red zone issues Denver has had, the uptick in red zone efficiency San Francisco should have, and an offensive line that's playing pretty well, I just think it's hard not to lean San Francisco. So to predict this game, I'd probably... I'll give Wilson the benefit of the doubt, right? And I'll say, look, I'll give you 20 points. But I'll also give San Francisco 31. Look, that ball is going to be flying around. Maybe maybe Kyle Shanahan says, hey, Jimmy, uh, let's play with a little bit less structure this year. You want to be a gunslinger? Okay. Let's see what happens. Now, when you think of Jimmy Garoppolo in Denver, where does your mind go? Because mine goes to 2019 practices, those five picks, then the preseason game looks awful, then turns it up, obviously go to the championship game, losing against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I get it. But like my mind goes to Jimmy G versus Denver, not good. But if you're Kyle Shanahan, you're thinking, look, I have a quarterback I have that can win now. This is a team I can win a championship with. A Super Bowl with. There should be plenty of confidence in this team. Now look, I get it right. There's rumors of Shanahan didn't trust Garoppolo. There was rumors that you know Garoppolo has issues with Shanahan not letting him play free. Jimmy G wants to play 2017 ball. He wants to play that backyard football style. And you can argue the accuracy isn't there. There are plenty of knocks on Jimmy G. But I just wonder, and I doubt it, unfortunately, but I just wonder if Kyle Shanahan and May glean a little bit and say, look, to win now, we have to work together, not me being stubborn. And we'll see on Sunday against Denver if that actually is the case. Because my concern is Danny Gray's stock has plummeted now. There is no Trey Lance. But you can utilize that speed in other ways that suits Garoppolo's game. Take some deep shots. If you can... Look, I am a big proponent of making a statement early. Whether it's running it down their throat 10 times, a long drive. Make a statement early that, that look, this is our house. This is... We don't care where we're playing. It is now our home. And San Francisco under Shanahan has done a good job of doing that. Making a, an opponent's arena, stadium, be really Levi's 2.0. The Rams games stand out more than anybody else. But Jaguars last year, Seattle sometimes, the Cardinals games, there are plenty of plenty of examples of this. And if you're the Niners, go make Denver your home. Put Russell Wilson's back against the wall saying if you're gonna if you're gonna beat us, you're gonna have to cook. And if you're gonna try to cook we're going to put you under pressure. 
And right now, this year, he has not shown the ability to do so, perform well, and win under pressure. He has been awful with one of the worst red zone offenses in the league. Actually, the worst red zone offense in the league. Lean, heavy, San Francisco. But, again, they play games for a reason. Nobody thought Trey Lance was going to get hurt last week. Nobody thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to come back this year. So many things could happen. And to find out when they do, how they do, if Kittle will actually play on Sunday, you're going to want to follow us on social media at 49ers Access. 49ERS.ACCESS is the Instagram, the Twitter, 49ers underscore access. You're going to want to follow us on there for every news update, every injury report, and every hot take about this team is going to be found on that social media websites. Also, join us on Chalkboard for game day. We're going to talk about the game live, react to the game live on Chalkboard. Link will be down in that description. And also, you can use that promo code 49ers Access, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek to save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Again, at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself some money. Support your Niners. It's a win win for you, for them, for me. Everybody wins. How often do you get to say that in life? It's a win, win, win. Use that promo code 49ers Access, 49ERSACCESS to save yourself some money. Things are expensive. Save some money. And also support the show and the Niners in the meantime by doing so. Also, leave a like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. And stay faithful.